Welcome to the Architect of Change Show with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman & Associates. Now here's Connie. Hi, I'm Connie Whitman, your host, and you're listening to Architect of Change on webtalkradio.net. So glad that you're able to join me this week. My motivational quote today is actually by Buddha, and it says, Buddha was asked, what have you gained from meditation? He replied, nothing. However, Buddha said, let me tell you what I lost. Anger, anxiety, depression, insecurity, fear of old age, and death. Well, if Buddha is correct with his statement that meditation should be an awesome tool that is easily utilized to help us to get to maybe that get rid of our negative emotions that aren't serving us anymore or that are just old for us. So why isn't it so easy to incorporate into our lives? Zen, meditation, and intuition are words we hear with such frequency, but not sure if we all know how to tap into our intuition to create that Zen-like experience in all areas of our lives. Does this description make you visualize a Buddha monk in silent meditation with nothing around him but maybe a sand garden, beautiful lush green trees, and of course a gentle babbling brook or some other form of a gentle water sound in the background? Are all these needed to set the proper mood for deep meditation? Do any of you have these elements at your fingertips so you can too to meditate like a Buddha monk? Of course the answer for most, most of us is no way. So how do we create Zen in our life and bring the peace and tranquility that meditation and yoga provides while existing in our ridiculously busy and stress-filled lives? Today my guest, Crystal Sharma, is going to help us find our inner intuition and inner peace and some key tips that have worked wonders in her life. Crystal is a yoga studio owner and instructor with her focus on living an empowered life. Her own health battles led her to leave a successful finance career to a life of yoga. Seeing the power of transformation in body, mind, and spirit, well-being through her own struggles, she is dedicated to helping all of us find and live our passion in, through our busy lives. With over 20,000 teaching hours, she brings experience and real-world blends of East and West techniques for you to take off your mat and apply successfully into your life. As a new mom, she chronicles her daily challenge to Zen on her popular blog and social media platforms. A PPD survivor, she is now an advocate for postpartum mental illness. Her classes, workshop, retre retreats, teacher trainings are led locally at Soul Power Yoga in New Jersey and nationally. She opened Spy Soul Power Yoga in 2009, being the first studio in central New Jersey to offer state-of-the-art heating and classes for all ages, get this, from 12 weeks, uh, to 12 weeks young to the young at heart. Her goal is body, mind, and spirit empowerment, which, we, which she offers through successful teaching training programs, retreats, and wide, classes, wide yoga classes for all ages. So, Crystal, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Connie, for having me and um, just being able to take this time for ourselves to invest into our body, mind, and spirit well-being. Yeah, and, and it was interesting when our first email back and forth to say, would you like to be on the show? You were adorable, and you said that 
you know, I said I thought you were a great architect of change with all of the things that you have gone through in your life and how um, yoga happened to be a, a great meditative tool and I guess a good um, healing tool for you. And you said, aren't we all architects of change in our own lives? And I just thought, wow, that is extremely intuitive. And, and I agree, dead on. So my first question is, when did yoga become such a big part of your life? It, it sounds like it wasn't always. We, so by background, my family is of Indian descent, and we always grew up with a, a holistic Ayurvedic approach to life. So um, I would say well-being and more um, um, whole living is something we've always started from in family life. But for me personally, when I was in college, I went through um, a health crisis, and it was the first time that I experienced my body um, working against me. And it was the first time that I was left uh, vulnerable and scared and had questions and was lost. Um, why was my body doing this? Why could I not find answers? Why did I feel so alone? And that is when being a senior in college, you don't have a lot of friends who are going through what you're going through. Um, but luckily, I did have one friend who said, you know what, you need, you need a break. You need to just take a step away from this. I'm going to take you to a yoga class. And it was the first time I didn't feel sick. It was hmm. the first time that I felt normal, quote unquote, and I could feel strong in my body and I felt clear in my mind. And I was like, what was this? This is like better than any drug I've ever had. And that <laughs> for me was not to say that I was, I know what you were saying though, ailment, medication, yeah. you know, going to the doctor, et cetera. <laughs> I gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for cleaning up for my mom. But, um, but it was, it, it was such an empowering thing to see that for my that I could create that situation going and and in a parallel time still be going to doctor appointments and medications and blood draws and being tossed around um, you know from from doctor to doctor physician to physician and very reputable notable people who who demand and you know you would expect them to be trustworthy were breaking my trust experience after experience. That was very challenging. So that was, I think, the first experience for me for yoga. And it was a very pivotal time because um, it reshaped how I understood my body. And, and sometimes I call it was my midlife crisis at 21. Wow. Uh, so is yoga kind of being new to you, even though, again, you, you were raised in this whole living mm -hmm. kind of family environment, which I love. I love that the way you phrase that whole living. I thought that was kind of cool. When did you actually decide you wanted to teach yoga full time and, and you were in an accountant or worked in, in the accounting field? So my background is I went to school at, at Boston University. My background is I, I um, majored in accounting and I did start my corporate career, my finance career, and that was my goal at that time. That was my dream at that time. And to be able to go out and be part of the finance world was um, exciting. It was something I worked hard for and I was working towards. The problem is, is that I did have this health crisis at the same time and that reshaped what my goals were. It's very difficult to be okay with the lifestyle of finance, which is very demanding, lots of hours, grueling on the body and mind, after going through what I did at that age, recognizing that if you don't have body, mind, spirit balance, your health can be at jeopardy. 
And I started my path in, in accounting, but because this awareness had already been stimulated in me, I couldn't last for a lifetime in that career. And so slowly and slowly it was like, why am I doing this to myself? Why am I denying myself a better life? And because I am an accountant and things have to be measured in checks and balances, I finally got to a point where I said enough is enough. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. I want, I want to actually teach. I want to share what I've been through and, and share how empowering this can feel for, for someone else, but I'm going to give myself a cutoff. And so I embarked on my trainings, and I did trainings here nationally, but I also went back to India because I really wanted to be rooted in, in fundamentals and, and strong training. And I gave myself a timeline of about a year that if I couldn't really successfully do this, um, you know, I would go back to accounting. And, and luckily I would say I haven't gone back since. So um, it, that spark of that health crisis really reshaped um, where my life path was going as well. You know, and I love that story because how many of us have hit a crossroad, whether it being a health issue, a job we no longer love, or a change in management that just becomes too frustrating every day to even deal with, and you have this crossroad, and I think sometimes we feel, where do I go? What do I do? What's my alternative? And here you said, you know what? One year, if I can't get it rocking and rolling in a year, I still have my credentials. I still have that old knowledge. And I think we forget that, Crystal, where we think, oh, it's an all or nothing. Okay, so if you don't like what you're doing, shift, change. Yours happened to be um, sparked by, by a health crisis. But you, you change your direction. All of the skills you had before, you don't lose. So I love how you just said that. In a year, if it doesn't work, I go back to accounting. I know I, I, know I could do that. I was thriving in that industry too. It just wasn't serving me. But here, the reality is we have bills to pay. And I think sometimes that's what becomes our catalyst of choice versus the mind-body-spirit. So I, I agree with also what you said. The mind-body-spirit needs to be in balance. And you felt working in your corporate job that you were losing a little bit of that. So just what a great story. And I hope everybody just heard that and what I kind of just reiterated. Um, you hit crossroads. It doesn't mean an all or nothing. And give yourselves those little timelines to say, if I can't get it going, then at least I can go back. So just brilliant. Uh, brilliant comments. I don't... No, and I would say to add to that, Connie, is that give yourself baby steps. So I moonlighted while I was still in accounting. Um, while I was still working full time, I was like, you, I can't make such a big decision just on the dream of that I want to be a teacher. And I just graduated a teacher training program, and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to embark on this amazing career. So I would work my full day, but then at night go and teach. And there are a lot of people who do those things in tandem successfully. For me, after doing it, moonlighting and doing it on weekends, I got to a point where I really realized for my health and well-being, I was always going to have a, a, a lifestyle of yoga. So that's why I took the leap. But I think baby steps, we always forget that change is not also an overnight um, process. It, it really is putting the seeds in, planting it, nurturing it, growing it, and then we can see the whole picture come through. I think sometimes also is the patience with it. Yeah, yeah, because we're not patient folks. That's, that's definitely. So why open a yoga studio? At the end of that, you could continue to have been a teacher, and it, there's bl plenty of yoga studios around. So why decide to do that? When I got to a point where I had been teaching for a several number of years, um, at that time, there were 
two to three yoga studios in the area, which I know sounds um, crazy because now we have yoga everywhere. It was even very limitedly, uh, limitedly, um, limitedly, very limited ways offered at, stu- at gyms even. So it wasn't really even in corporations yet. So at that juncture, um, there was still a need for more variety of yoga and more offerings of yoga. That was one thing. So I definitely felt that there was a need. But what I also found was that um, what our style focuses is empowering. In places where I was teaching or in situations where I was teaching, I would find sometimes people would get discouraged um, because they didn't feel like they had, they were the right body type or the right uh, the right experience level. Sometimes I, was call, I call it the yoga confessional when someone walks in new first time to one of my classes. And before they even say their name, they'll be like, well, I'm not very flexible. I've never done yoga before at X, Y, Z. I said, that's okay. You don't, you don't need to have any experience or comfort level with this to start. That for me, when I kept seeing that, that people would almost um, hold back on trying something new because they were afraid, I said, this is not what yoga is designed to be. Yoga is designed to be accessible for everybody. It's not just for the flexible or the young. Or the young. It's for everybody. It's for, like you said, even our 12-week-olds, they come in, they're the most beautiful yogis, um, all the way up to our young at heart. So for me, it was filling that need that yoga is not just about flexible people getting more flexible. It's all of us finding in the chaos of our life right here in the middle of New Jersey or wherever we live, uh, how to find that peace and comfort in our own body and mind. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm sure that your analytical minds, right, being an accountant, that when you started to assess the location and saying, hmm, there's definitely a missing component and there's a need here I need uh, that I could possibly fill the gap. And I, I have been to your studio um, on Saturday mornings. I go with, with a girlfriend, Lisa Legrano, and um, I will tell you that the first time I had come, and I'm apprehensive whenever I try a new studio because the people around you, if they excel, you you do feel self-conscious. And I I Mm -hmm. felt at your studio that that wasn't the case, and I also enjoyed that you recommend modifications so that I have a bad knee, for example. So, you know, uh, different positions, you would take that into account and make those recommendations. So you truly are aware of it's not perfection that we seek it's moving your body and feeling the strength and finding the mind body and spirit on that mat for that moment and I, and the other thing in the class that you did that I was present at um, you you even kind of speak about it and if I remember correctly I think it was in the beginning that you know what is your practice what is your intention and then let's think about bringing that we bring the mat right back out into our lives and keeping that intention alive beyond the hour uh, yoga uh, practice that we were doing that day. So everything you're saying, you know, I mean, I experienced firsthand with you, but also um, I think it's important that people understand yoga is not about being perfect. It's just about um, experiencing it like the first time you did it. I bet you didn't do everything right that first time your friend took you in college, right? You probably were like, what's a down dog? What's a, right? You had no idea. <laughs> no, and, and the style that I went to was more of that hot yoga, Bikram yoga, and it was really intense and long. Um, it, was, it was exactly that. I always say you never remember what the poses are, and you don't even remember the name of the poses, but you always remember the feel of a class yes. when you leave. 
and yeah. good or bad, right, in both ways. And, and that is also speaks to, right, the, the reason why we opened the studio and why our focus is on that as well is that every level and every body should feel accessible to it because we almost come into fitness thinking we have to perform and we have to excel. And if there's no pain, there's no gain. And yoga is such a different experience of how do I care and nurture this body? How do I become mindful of this body? How do I let this body excel in stillness and not going without or denying? So it's a very different mind shift that we start to create and those little seeds of change that's what we hope is that it doesn't just stay there in that hour but now it trickles into the rest of your day and that's when you really start seeing the true yoga is that it's coming off of your mat it's not just one hour of your day it is it's transforming yoga definitely is transforming and it's funny my son has it in school now he's still in high school he's a senior and they do a little meditation at the end and uh, one of the they were over over the weekends watching whatever the, the games are that were on and one they always come into my office and the one young man said to me oh do you meditate mrs whitman and i said oh yes i do and and yoga and all that we we're talking about that and i said do you meditate and he said oh yes he goes sometimes even during study period he goes into the guidance counselor's office and he, she has i guess music for them and very you know, tranquil music, and he's able to remove himself from the chaos of his day and just get that mindful moment. So when kids and, and boys, right, this, you know, 17, yeah. 18, 17 or 18, that understanding this, I'm like, wow, we are doing something right, that it's not like yoga, that's for dorks or that's for chicks. Um, totally not the reaction I was expecting and having this conversation now, like this weekend. So that it's kind of cool to see that yoga has become mainstream, but the benefits are so far-reaching for, and I love how you say from that 12-week-old to the young at heart, um, there really is no limitation. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to really focus, and, and for new business owners, not just new, for yoga people, but for new business owners too, how do you navigate that change? Because I know there's ups and downs. I went through them when I started my business. So I'd like to talk about that and see when people hear other stories of how they navigated, they go, oh, that would work for me. Or So I, I like to always share those tips because I think entrepreneurs get entrepreneurs and even people that are in corporations but that are leaders sometimes our story can inspire them to make changes within their life and within their organization or within their team so let's take a quick break and then we'll talk about that it's a shame when you're feeling stuck in your business and you feel like you have nowhere to turn it's a shame when you slog through long days in your business and you don't get any return. It's a shame when you feel like you can't see the forest for the trees and your business brings you to your knees. Einstein said repeating the same actions over and over won't produce different results. So stop feeling ashamed. Your business and you deserve better. Change that shame into righteous fame. Connie Whitman, contain that shame. Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates will help you to discover your new path, and nothing will ever be the same. Connie's tried and true one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions will tame that shame so you and your business will not continue in vain. Call Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates today at 732-888-1420. 
That's 732-888-1420. Or email Connie at WhitmanAssociates.com. Call Connie. Turn that shame into your game. We are back. We are speaking with Crystal Sharma. And we're really talking beyond yoga and meditation and all of these things that we hear about. We're really talking about the, the true benefits um, to our mind, body, spirit, and how I know we think our body is not connected to the mind and the spirit, but it, it so is. It's, it's, um, it's crazy how connected it is. So tell us, Crystal, how did you navigate this change, right, making this decision, um, and what were some of the ups and downs you faced, and how did you, how did you come through? I, this is interesting because I think I'm, I'm also right now in a, I call it, I guess, a season of change right now um, because I'm a new mother and so things are very different um, than what were, so it's a nice time to actually ask this question and make me think back. I think the first most important thing that I had was a very strong support system. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my mom I, and, I, and I do own and, and lead the studio with my sister, Pooja, and having both of them to lean on, and even as well as my dad as well, um, that gave me a lot of strength to push through moments where maybe I became doubtful and didn't believe in myself because it doesn't matter how much yoga we practice, we're all human and we all have those moments of self-doubt that, that might make us stop right in the middle of change. Mm. So I think surrounding yourself with a close-knit circle that you can trust and be vulnerable with is the first step of, of successful change because they're going to champion you through some of the darker moments. I think having um, a realistic goal, so that was where I think my accounting mind came in that we spoke to earlier, is realistically knowing your business, knowing the numbers of your business, knowing the cost your business. Um, and that also in, in not just financial numbers, but for a big part of that for me was understanding um, time, right? Time has value as well. Now I'm going from a world where I'm not just working nine to five, but because I'm more in a service business, I'm working at times where most everybody else is off of work. So I you know, nights and weekends. And when you're first starting out, like any industry, you have to put in the hard work. So once I knew what are the costs, what are the um, expenses to me personally, financially, that also gave me a very realistic picture of what to expect. And then from there, I could set a nice plan out of, okay, this is where I'm going to, this is how far I can go, and then this is when I'm going to push the line forward. I think, though, and then the third part is knowing your strengths. Um, you have to know what you excel at and where what is it that you bring to the table that is unique and that is going to change the conversation? That's where you can always highlight on. So you always have that to fall back on. I think those combination of things um, is kind of been what I focused on as I've moved through elements of change. And that way then at least if there was a place where I felt like it got a little confusing or the more difficult moment, I had that support system or I had that, you know, well laid out plan to fall back on um, to, to keep me in check with reality. You know, every entrepreneur I speak with or every successful leader that I have as guests on the show, authors that I have on the show that excel in their industry, 
the number one thing they and it's so funny support system because we we do need people to champion us because we are our own worst enemy I don't care how cool you think you are how successful you think you are um, we have down days and we do need people around us the other thing keep it real I love that keep it real and then create the plan so that you know that the goals are not ridiculous but that and, and not when and you use the word realistic and it's funny because Yes, realistic is good, but you want to push your edge, and you, you did say that as you were speaking, that you knew where to push the envelope and where to say, these are my limitations and these are my parameters. So I think keeping it real is so important. And the last thing is know, know your strengths, right? Have some type of, of knowledge that you're bringing to the table and what makes you unique. And I think that is what ends up standing out and makes, makes you more successful than the other, and in this example, the other yoga um, locations you know in your in your backyard so um, great tips I think they're all really really good tips now how did you mention that you recently had a baby so how did having a baby change and or did it change anything <laughs> um, <laughs> I know that was a loaded question by the way <laughs> I was about to say very loaded it has changed everything um, yeah so it's interesting in in the Indian culture it's, it's always been said that a, a woman has three births in her life when born as a daughter then when she gets married is another birth she becomes a wife and then her third and final is, is when she's a mother and I feel like this is like I said, I'm in a season of change this is a woman I have never known before. Hmm. Um, I am learning myself as a mother. I am learning how to mother. And then I think the hardest part is uh, mothering doesn't stop at any juncture of the day. It is a 24-7 job. But I have this other beautiful part of my life that I have built and enjoyed. And then all these friends and family and all these other pieces how to navigate all of that together. Um, so I think having a baby has made me understand that life can be beautiful in the chaos. Yep. Whereas probably before I, you know, you, you, you kind of, you, your life moves in a, in a vertical direction. Right? You go to first grade, you go on to second grade, you go from middle school, you go to high school, and you, you know, as you move up along, there are milestones. I, some days it feels like we're going forward, some days we feel like we're going backwards, some days things are in order, some things, some days we're, nothing worked like the plan, but there's beauty in each day, and I think that's the most, I feel like this is probably um, most similar to that health crisis I went to where it's realizing the yoga in motion, um, that it's not in that few moments you're on your mat, it's really, you know, when right now we're at a stage where my son, he's 20 months and he's exerting his strong will and his voice, everything is a temper tantrum. So where are we, when he's finding that voice and rebelling out, how do we, how do I keep calm and not lose it, you know, and not every time we, we accelerate that situation um, and find the fun and the humor in it, I think. So I think it's changed everything and in ways that, if someone had told me, I never would have believed it. Yeah, I, I agree. Parenthood, as soon as you become mom, dad, you know, because we have guys listening too, your life is never the same and you truly feel humble that you are, you become quite insignificant. And I mean that in a good way because this child needs you for everything and your needs almost immediately become um, secondary. Now, with that said, you can't let your needs become secondary 
forever because that's when resentment sets in but also that's when disease sets in because you, we do need rest we do need to mind to, to be mindful of of who we are inside now I have to ask you crystal so the yoga do you think and I don't, I don't know if you can answer this but I'm just curious do you think that the yoga has quickly helped you shift into motherhood with like you said the beauty and the chaos because it's true expect the unexpected when you have kids do you think yoga helped you with that transition or do you think the person you are it would have done it even without the yoga I'm just curious I so given that I I did suffer postpartum depression and anxiety I think the only way I overcame that and um maybe not not the speed but in that in the manner in which I came over from it was through meditation and going within mm-hmm. so there's no way um I would be this woman without I, or I could be this mother without the yoga I think the, the I think and sometimes the most interesting comment I remember I had was someone who said to me like but you practice yoga how could you suffer from postpartum depression Ugh. nobody no person is immune from the self-inflicting thoughts and the distracting thoughts and sometimes the thoughts that put us down. And it was, it was such a humbling moment for me, but such a saving grace that I have this practice to go within because I can agree with your statement now about um, making sure that as a parent you have to take care of yourself and otherwise that leads to resentment. But as a new mother who was, who was overwhelmed with the fear and the anxiety and everything you're overthinking, it was almost impossible for me to do self-care yeah. because I felt guilty. Yeah. I mean, there is no guilt like a mother's guilt, and I didn't realize it started day one. I I had years before it would compound. And that um, was at moments very paralyzing and dark, but because I had meditation and I had the practice, which, which was very inward for me at that time, not physical, I was able to feel safe even in my thoughts that were unsafe. Because I knew that at the core of my being, I was safe and secure and would get through it, I was able to persevere and now start to find, you know, the, the, the mother who's not as um, ridden with the anxiety or, or the dark thoughts. Yeah, and it's crazy, but, you know, your hormonal um, craziness that's going on after you have a baby, and you, like you said, and it's, it's your first, and I remember my first, I was so afraid that I was going to damage this kid and hurt this kid, and, you know, you're constantly freaked out and constantly unsure, and I, my nieces were over last week, and we were chatting, I don't know, they started asking about babies and how, how was it having a baby and all of that, and, and I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you, for me, the first couple of months, were terrifying because you know you, you you clean them you burp them you fed them right all those things they had their nap and they were screaming bloody murder and you're thinking oh my god they're dying <laughs> so babies cry that's what they do yeah. but as a new mom I'm thinking I did everything right why are they crying and you're, you're out of your mind you really are out of your mind and I think it's part of the hormonal as well so uh, so well said and I, I hope anyone dealing with and and dealing with newborns, you know, guys and gals, um, that I, maybe meditation and yoga is a great escape uh, for you to find that balance again. Um, now, I, I have one more question for you, and I two more questions. First one, the quote um, that Buddha said, let me tell you what I lost, anger, anxiety, depression, insecurity, fear of old age and death, but um, the meditation 
and and yoga I think uh, contributes to meditation that's one of my favorite parts of yoga is that quiet time that I give myself to be able to think and breathe and you know all of the and move my body but um, that quote must have hit a hit a chord with you to some extent oh I I, I wanted to talk about the quote the minute you were reading it when I started <laughs> Uh, and I, I said we could we could spend the whole conversation just on this quote. Um, <laughs> I it, it's it's perfect because I think the hardest relationship we have in our life is with ourselves, and the most challenging part of that relationship is being still with ourselves, and especially in today's time because everything is designed in our life to move faster, quicker, and more efficient, and also more um, visual stimulation or more you know that screen time or um, FaceTime that we're so removed from ourselves that sometimes the scariest part about yoga is not the posture, but being with ourselves. So I always say the postures are the vehicle. They're, you know, we need to physically just unwind the body, relax, to get into it before we can get to that place of stillness. But that quote was everything in that as you start getting more comfortable with yourself, and like I said, for me, that journey of just most recently postpartum depression, but my initial journey of through the health, there's nothing more paralyzing, I mean, in, in both situations, right? The first situation, I lost all control of my body. Um, it, was, it was not my own. It was not functioning in normal, healthy state. In this last situation, I lost um, connection to my mind. But in that process of surrendering and letting go and finding a peace and acceptance of that through meditation, it calmed the anxiety and it calmed the fear and it calmed the panic. And in time, you start realizing exactly that, that the things that you think you can control are not giving you happiness. The more you surrender and find an acceptance and a stillness with it, then all of a sudden um, you find a freedom. And that's what we're all looking for. We're looking for that freedom, like that quote said, of, of all the things that could shackle us. Yeah. And surrender. I do love that word, too. And it's funny that the thing I love most about yoga and why I, I absolutely do it weekly, I'd love to do it three or four times a week, but I, I do it weekly. I'm, I'm pretty religious with that. It allows me to focus on the poses, which I know sounds silly, but for me, focusing and getting an alignment and getting it correct it, it gives me something to think about other than all the craziness that we have to accomplish in a day. And for that one hour, that ability to focus to that extent on a body part, right, holding it in a certain position is so powerful. And then surrendering to that for me is pure bliss. And that's that meditative component, I think, where it actually allows me for my, for me, for my mind to kind of calm down. And I think everybody needs that. I think a lot of people are like me. And it's so powerful that, you know, and, and I do meditate as well. So the two of them in tandem, to me, is just, uh, it's like the, um, you know, the dynamic duo at work for us. So I, I, anybody who doesn't meditate or yoga, try it. You know what? Try it. It, it can't hurt you. That's for, certainly for sure. Um, we're out of time. Sure, I I oh, okay. Go ahead. No, finish, finish, please. 
What I was going to say with that, sometimes that process can feel overwhelming. So remember with that baby steps, whether yeah. it's one small posture, one small stretch, doesn't even, even don't give it the formal name, yoke, just stretch and open the body. And then maybe 10 seconds of quiet, you know, because even with my newborn and I said meditation is what I gravitated towards, I couldn't find time for a 10 minute <laughs> meditation. But, you know, while I was warming the bottle and that one minute while the bottle was warming and I had quiet and it was 2 a.m., Okay, I'm going to find it. So, you know, it's, it's trying to get creative in our day, in our, in our life, um, so we don't keep having the, the, the statement, oh, I don't have time for it, or not now. Now is the time, um, and it's the most important time. Yeah, now is more than ever. When you say not now, that's when you really need it now, it, it, right? Counterintuitive as it is, that's the truth. You guys, if you're interested in and have questions, number one, for Crystal, please um, email her at soul power yoga at gmail.com and soul is s-o-u-l and then power p-o-w-e-r yoga y-o-g-a at gmail.com and visit her website there's a ton of stuff on there uh, you have videos you have youtube videos etc so visit the website at www.soulpoweryoga.com no worries if you're driving and listening i will post on the architect of change website and you can click and go so you'll be able to find uh, crystal without any issues also, guys, if you have help that you need from me in the realm of my business, uh, by all means, contact me directly at my email, Connie at WhitmanAssos.com, or go to my website, www.WhitmanAssos.com. I truly am here to help you, and I do check the emails personally. Crystal, I can't thank you enough for your uh, clear description uh, and vulnerability of, t of telling us about your uh, different situations through your life that you've been able to overcome again through yoga and meditation so I, I thank you for that vulnerability but also that honesty that you brought to the table it was it was awesome so I, I thank you for that I, I thank you I think more places where we have platforms to have honest conversation is um, what leads to health and inspiration for all of us so thank you for for the opportunity it was it was such a wonderful conversation I'm sad it's over yeah, yeah, I, I agree 100%. Everyone, I hope you will join me weekly as we question, build, and discover together how to grow and challenge ourselves so we all embrace change and realize that it's possible and easier than we often think. Um, you've been listening to Architect of Change with me, your host, Connie Whitman, on webtalkradio.net. Thank you so much. Go out and have an inspired week and maybe try a different stretch or two and report back. Be well, everyone. You've been listening to The Architect of Change with your host, Connie Whitman of Whitman Associates. Thank you for tuning in. We're glad you were here. Time may change me.